Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got not one, but two very special guests. Today, I am being joined by 2016 Paralympians, Mackenzie Cohen and Colleen Young from the OTC. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. <laughs> As we were talking about a little earlier, the catalyst for our conversation today was the 2021 Louisville Paris Swimming World Series, which was kind of an, an Olympic trials meet for for in the para world, an Olympic selection meet, I suppose. But I'm we're gonna I'm gonna let you uh, talk about that. <laughs> Leading into this meet, what what were each of your goals and, and thoughts uh, about what you wanted to get out of this competition? Um. At least, so for a lot of us, this is our first, you know, big return back to competing since, you know, the pandemic happened and everything got shut down. So for me, at least, I was, it was just great to finally get back into like a knee skin and get off the blocks and do fast times and everything. And um, my personal goals, like I wanted to go best times, at least in 100 breaststroke and 2am, which I did. So that's exciting. But um and just in general, it was really good to just be back at a meet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. First first meet in, what, 14 months, I think. Yeah. Um, and I thought about it going into it. You know, it, it's funny. You wonder, like, am I going to remember my process? Am I going to remember what I used to do? So just getting back into that and getting familiar with racing again was a huge goal. But like Colleen, I was really expecting to go, you know, super fast, great times and Luckily enough, I, I posted the best time my 400 free. I actually haven't done that in five years since my gold medal swim in Rio. So I was, um, needless to say, ecstatic about that. I had a really good 100 free. And I think this really gave us um, an idea of what we need to work on the next two months, hopefully going into, into games and, and perfecting everything up to that point. So I think it was a good, good way to get back into it and a good reminder of the work that needs to be done going into the next two months. I mean, both going best times at the first meet in over a year. I have to, I have to ask about God. that. I mean, what Colleen, you had said you were expecting to go best times, you know, Mackenzie, you said you were expecting to have, have really solid swims. And it seems like you both did what have not having competed in so long. And like you said, kind of are we going to remember this process with, you know, being in a knee skin being in a knee skin going off the blocks? Um, how, how, what led to feeling such confidence heading into this competition? I think just honestly, the last few months craving like that, like pre-race energy. Like I found myself like at the pool every Saturday, we usually do um, really fast stuff off the block. So I knew where I was at kind of time-wise, even here at altitude. So I knew I was capable of going out there and going fast, but, you know, coming down from altitude and putting a suit on and trying to remember my process going into it, it was like a ner little bit nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie in the days leading up to it. Um, but it was funny to me when I got out there, it just, it felt like we hadn't missed a, missed a beat. It didn't feel like it had been 14 months since we had raced. So I think it all came back to me really quickly. And I think just having that energy of 
you know, God, I'd like, I want to race the last few months and not being able to, um, really fed into it and not taking that opportunity for granted. Yeah. I've been telling everyone it's made me appreciate this so much more and appreciate every opportunity to race. So I think it was just all those feelings combined. And then it, it just coming back to us so quickly when we got on that pool deck. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, <laughs> um, we did back in December, we did like a time trial out here. So we tapered for that. And we were able to, you know, suit up and go off the blocks and everything like that. Um, and we posted a lot of us. I, I mean, all of us actually posted yeah. like really, really good times just based on, you know, not having a meet soon. So I think going into Texas, like we were all, everyone out here, um, including me and Mackenzie, we were so excited to actually just finally get back into a meet atmosphere and just so ready to just crush it in yeah. a sense. Cause we did so well back in December. So we knew we were capable of going that. fast. And then like, okay, this sounds a little weird, but I personally, I love going into a call room like before a swim. And I don't know, I just, like I crave that feeling, like that energy and anxiety that comes with it. And being able to do that again was, I don't know, it was really awesome. It just, it felt like we were back where we belonged, like where we needed to be. I, I feel like that's a really good point that you both kind of brought up, you know, you can suit up and practice, you can go off the blocks and practice and, and throw up some really good times and be like, Hey, you know, this is great. Like, this is awesome. But getting to a meet with different people in a different place and somewhere you're unfamiliar with, it's a totally different feeling. And, um, like you mentioned, you know, you get those butterflies, you get in the call room, you get that pre-race energy and it, it can't really, it's hard to replicate in a practice environment. Um, it is that, kind, of, kind of difficult to find like that same, like adrenaline rush. I, I crave it. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, so I want to get into, you, you guys mentioned a lot of things that I want to get into in a little bit, but before I get too carried away, so this was the part of the para swimming world series. Um, and I wanted to ask you about qualification for the 2021 Paralympics, because I know it, it is a little different than the, uh, the, the, the Olympic trials for swimming, where it's just, you go to that meet and then at the end of that meet, it, there's an Olympic team. Um, can you take me through the process of qualifying as a Paralympian? So this year is definitely different than it has been in past years, like 2012, 2016, when we both qualified. But um, this year, it's yeah, it was split up into two meets. So it was part of our qualification process was Louisville because, you know, the pandemic and people, you know, it's been such a challenge to find consistent training and everything. So um, they split it up into Louisville. And then we do have an actual like trials meet in June coming up in Minneapolis. But what they're going to do is take times from like, so they'll take, so they'll take times from both. And our system is a little bit more complex than um, our Olympic counterparts. So our selection procedures are basically all based on world rankings. Um, so actually every time we dive into the pool, whether or not the rest of the world is there, you're racing the rest of the world to make these teams. Um, and that can be, you know, I think that's, it's obviously a difficult thing, but I also think it's a really great thing because we're always aware of what everybody else around the world is going. Like we always have that pressure on us. So they'll go in Minnesota, um, after the meet is over all the national team staff coaches, everyone will go into a room 
and they'll literally pull up results from Louisville and Minnesota and go through the world rankings. And they'll take the fastest result we posted from that meet. So like in Louisville, I want a 1500 breaststroke. If I just bomb in Minneapolis and go like a 121 or something, they'll still take the 115 time. So that's how it's like full. It's kind of like we have a little like safety net if you swam really well in Louisville. And luckily we did. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but, oh. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, but yeah, like what Mackenzie was saying, it's different for para, like uh, our Olympic counterparts, like the top two in each event go automatically. Um, but for us, there's, you know, different classifications. There's 14 different classifications. So it's not based on like who's the fastest in America. It's based on, okay, so you posted this time in your classification. Well, where does that compare you to the rest of the world in your classification? So it's a lot more like logistical kind of. There's a lot of math that goes into it because, you know, we've got how many, 24 slots for women? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 24 slots for women that we have available. And like going through those world rankings, like there's people who might be six in the world who might not make the team because it's based on the percentages. So they start looking at everyone and they'll take, like once they get, I, if you're first, second or third in the world, it's pretty much guaranteed that you're going. But then when you start getting lower down the list, they start making percentages of your time versus the person right in front of you. Um, so I do not, I do not envy that job. It must be very difficult, um, but it is quite a more complex system than our Olympic counterparts for sure. Okay. I, I had like five follow-up questions and you answered <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> I feel like you took a very complex system and made it pretty clear, at least to me and, and hopefully to our listeners too. Um, well, that would be great. <laughs> obviously I'm not running the numbers, but I, but I understand how, how it works now, um, which I didn't before. And so, so you, basically what I'm hearing is, is you get two chances to put up the best time you can and kind of leave the rest <laughs> to everyone else. Yes. You killed it. Uh, <laughs> and so then after your trials which are in june in minneapolis do you how how immediate do you find out the next day made the team okay. <laughs> okay so they'll tell us okay so the meet will end and then the very next day they'll have team selections but let me tell you that night is probably i always say that is the most difficult part of the process it's not going out and swimming fast like we know how to do that but just playing the waiting game all night, even if like you're pretty sure you're really high up in the Nothing is guaranteed. So it's always just- It's nerve wracking. Yeah. I can never sleep that night before. But um, the next day we usually, everybody at the meet, we go into this room and um, they'll literally just, you know, they'll talk about it a little bit and then start announcing names. And I always sit there, I'm like, oh my God. And I just hold my breath and like try not to pass out. So it's, it's a process. So sorry. So they gather everyone in a room. Is it like the draft? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the NFL draft pick. It's right. draft Whoa. But it's different because when you like at Olympic trials, you know, right away that you made it. So, yeah. you know, we, we just have to wait. And like, uh, like, like what Mackenzie said, we have a pretty good idea, but you know, you never know. It's just like, I, I will not, I can't, I can't chill until like I hear my name. It's just one of those things. It's it's definitely nerve-wracking. That night is not my favorite, but oh, I'm <laughs> sure. So I uh, yeah, two questions. What do you do that night? 
cry. <laughs> <laughs> pray a lot. Um, try to just, I try to go to sleep, but it just never worked. The last two times have not worked out for me, like 2012 trials in 2016. I basically stay up the entire night and just, just a lot of praying, <laughs> a lot of hoping. Um, it's, it's a stressful time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> So then my next question, I feel like we'll get a similar answer. How do people react once they hear their names? Cry a lot. I just burst out into really ugly tears. And, um, you know, I try to, because there's other people in that room when their names aren't called and you obviously like, you know, you feel for them. And sometimes I don't want to give such a big reaction. So I try to just like stay calm for a few minutes. And then um, they'll usually pull us into a meeting, like after they're done announcing names. And I think that's when like the really big reactions happen. Yeah. Um, just crying. A lot of crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine this and it's like, is there music playing while they announce the names or is it just like a quiet room? <laughs> It's a little awkward. <laughs> Why? And then let me tell you, back in 2012 trials, they I'm sorry. They played like this hype video of London right before they did it. And it was like this super like intense, like emotional video and everything. And then like they saw the video and they're like, okay, let's announce the team. And like everybody's like obviously really hype about it and everything. And then they announce it and then the people who didn't like I just felt bad for the people who their name didn't get called it was such like a hyped up thing and then it just was a big you know kind of came crashing down so it can be kind of awkward yeah wow that sounds intense (laughs) very intense it'll be interesting I don't know how they're going to do it um with COVID protocols in place this time um, so I was kind of curious on that. I actually had this like vision of them doing it on Zoom or something. And I was like, oh, dear God. You can <laughs> mute yourself and like turn yeah. off the video to celebrate. <laughs> Literally. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do it this time around. But yeah, that's usually the, uh, the, the process. It's very interesting. Um, okay. So, so that's the process. Um, I'm, I'm a little curious about, you know, do other countries have completely different processes and because, because the world rankings are so, uh, such a big part of this. Right. Um, so I think it's, I mean, it's probably the same for a lot of other countries, but I think of like, so the Canadian Olympic and Paralympic trials are combined, um, cause they're, they're under like one entity, one governing body, um, and they're combined so i imagine that their like trials and their entire like selection process is obviously very different than ours but i have to imagine like the entire world is going off the world rankings as well um and i think that's probably like the smartest way to do it especially with paris i know um i know the british paralympic they have qualification times um and i think i think that's the same way with their olympic too but I, I guess it's kind of like, cause everyone, like every other country is going to have like their own meat and everything, but yeah. Yeah. We don't really go off of, we've never gone off of times here. So that's definitely a big difference. And I mean, they have to hit those times and then like, they're still just being considered for the team. So yeah. it doesn't mean they automatically make it. So that's definitely 
probably a big stressor on them, just like we have certain stressors here. Um, so just different processes around the world. Is, is there a certain date that everyone has, like, you can, you can swim and it'll count for the world rankings until this date. And are the trials based off of that at all? I think it's, I think it's literally, there's like a qualify, like, like a qualification period or some sort. There's a time period they take. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it with COVID because obviously 2020 was so messed right. up meat wise. Yeah. Um, and that may be part of why they had the two meets yeah, just because sure. nobody swam in such a long time. I think literally the last meet that people could go to last year was like in February in Australia Yeah, before everything got shut down for us. Um, so definitely, I know that they've done that in the past, like selecting world championship teams. There's definitely been like a time period and especially there's a, um, there's a process. What is the process that you can go through when you don't do well in a meet? They can also take times from like, like a certain time period to get you onto the team. Um, so there's definitely some sort of a qualification period they've used in the past. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. So, so that's, that's, that's Olympic qualification in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. one oh one. Um, so moving, so you've, you have swam in the first of two meets that will hopefully qualify you for the 2021 Paralympics. It went really well for both of you not to rub it in anyone's faces, but <laughs> you kicked butt. And so, so let's talk about this past year. Obviously it's been a wild year for everyone, but, but you two have been training at the OTC for quite some time. Um, can you tell me about just generally how that's gone and how rooming with each other has been? <laughs> it's been great. Me and Mackenzie um, have actually been best friends since 2012. So yeah. we kind of know ins and outs of each other. We know what makes each other mad and we know how to get on. The <laughs> for but. sure. Um, it, it's been great out here. There's a great group of people out here. You know, we all get along really yeah. well. We train together really well in the pool, out of the pool. And just, it's, it's great. It's consistent. Um, yeah. I think definitely all of that. And I think one of the biggest things, you know, for me, when I was coming out here, um, I, like with my disorder, I'm high risk for COVID. So I was obviously looking for somewhere where I could be really safe and be in a bubble and, when the opportunity presented itself, I was so happy and excited to come out here because I'd also always wondered what it was like to live out here with a resident program. So kind of getting getting to live that out a little bit. Um, but I would say I was really craving um, when I was at home for you know six or seven months, just people who understood what I was going through. You know, going through this. Um, you know, obviously having the or the games delayed for a year. I was really craving somebody who understood it and how difficult it was even though it's an opportunity to get better another year how hard that can be you know going into another year of training so coming out here and having the support of everyone has been absolutely amazing and I gotta say I don't think I've ever had so much fun training somewhere in my entire life it's it's honestly such a good group and as much fun as we have when it's practice time or we're in you know the weight room it's it's all business and supporting each other and pushing one another to do better. And I think also having the access to long course and all the great yeah. facilities here has been something that is invaluable, especially right now. Um, so just having all these opportunities and then the coach out here, Nathan Manley, um, Nathan is absolutely amazing. And I think he is the most 
like technique focused coach I've ever had in my entire life. And he's made me such a better swimmer in the time that I've been out here. So I feel really, really lucky to be with such a great group and putting such great work in. It's definitely a confidence booster. And then Colleen and I living together. <laughs> it's been really fun. We actually got fish. I have to mention that. We uh we got three fish. So it's it's been an experience being fish parents. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you ever had fish before? No. But we're learning and you know what? We grow every day. So. <laughs> we really do. Um, you know, I had an African bullfrog growing up, but that's the closest I've ever gotten to a fish. But let me tell you, I didn't realize how much work went into this beforehand. So that's been interesting. I thought fish were low maintenance. You know, I did too. You have to clean their too. tank. They're, they're kind of needy, honestly. <laughs> they really are. Um, and then filters break and yeah. everything is a catastrophe. So it's been a learning experience, a journey, if you will. Oh, wow. Uh, so just taking care of the fish and going for the Paralympics day in the oh, life. So that's, that's life. <laughs> so, so, so obviously, um, you have, you know, with the training group, like, like you have, as you mentioned, um, obviously I'm sure people have different, different focus events. Um, and I'm sure that makes training interesting. And, you know, I'm sure everyone kind of spreads out at some point or does things together. I don't know. Maybe you tell me, but also with, um, people being in different classifications, does that make a difference in terms of how they're training as well? For sure. Yeah. So, well, like for example, so I'm a, I'm an S 13, uh, I have a visual impairment and Mackenzie's an S seven, but she also swims freestyle and like distance. And I do not do that whatsoever. <laughs> um, I do breaststroke and I am mainly, but it really works out because some of the things we do, like if we're doing fifties, like, um, like you could do 400 pace on a minute and I could do like 200 pace breaststroke on a minute. Yeah. So it works out in that sense. We just do different things, but like, we're able to push each other and be on the same interval. And for a lot of us, that's how it works out. There's obviously yeah. a lot of people with, well, like what you said, like different classifications out here and different specialties and all that. Um, but we find a way to make it work. And I think it's, other. yeah, I think it's really great to be able to push each other kind of across the board in that. And then Nathan's been really good. We usually split up into three different groups if we're doing something really specific. So there'll be a sprint group going and then um, like I'm in distance group going and then um, we'll have IM group yeah. and it might be um, distance group usually goes a little bit further, obviously, but it'll be around like the same time frame to get a set done or the same amount of meters. And then we'll come back together and do something afterwards to finish out the, the practice together. Um, but it's nice to be able to like break it down and go do the work that's specific to us that needs to be done. Um, so it's a really, I say it's a really great system here and yeah. there's always a way to push each other even if we're doing something different. Uh, so I, I ask everyone this, I, I, you're no exception. Uh, in the last couple weeks or even month, maybe has there been a set that, that you've done and it can be different for each of you that has stood out to you as either being, you know, you did really well on or was particularly brutal. We Nathan, here's what Nathan Manley <laughs> likes to do with his favorite sets. He likes to do either 2075s, 2050s or 2025s. 
or one time we did 2050s and it was uh one one to one five so it was like one easy one pace one easy two pace one easy three pace and all the way up to five um and those are brutal let me let me just tell you uh because you're supposed to hold pace the whole time but they're on like a quick interval and it's just just tough it's it's absolutely brutal i think i've done um the 2075s preset which the first time we went into it, I was like, yeah, 2075 is a free on 400 pace. Like, I got this. I don't think I really took into account. Um, I'm at altitude. There's not a lot of rest at all. And going, like, I think we've gone up to 24 one time. Um, just absolutely it did well, but just dying. Like, in such agony throughout the entire thing. Um, and then also, I love swimming distance. And we did this set. It was like, two free, two IM, four free, two IM, and it followed that pattern up to thousand free than two IM. Um, let me tell you, I've never been in such pain in my entire life. By the end of it, I was like, I was in like the last thousand free before the two IM. And I was like, oh my God, this sounded like so much fun beforehand. But I think it's, I don't know. It's just, it's built, like I built like a whole new level of confidence being able to come up here at altitude and, and just like crank out those sets, especially like 400 pace and the longer stuff has, I, I even felt it in Texas. I got behind the blocks and I was like, there's oxygen here. I've been through worse than this. Like I'm going to be fine. Um, so I think there's been some hard stuff, but definitely a confidence booster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly the next point I wanted to hit was just tra- <laughs> training at altitude. Um, you know, when, when you first got there, what was the transition? Like, how long did it take you? What things do you notice that, that change when you're training at altitude? And then what's it been like since you feel like you've kind of adjusted, um, you know, just being there every day. Um, when I first got out here in July, man, I could not breathe. Even, even just walking upstairs, I was like, wow, I'm really out of shape. (laughs) But, um, Obviously, like you get adjusted to it after a certain time period. I think for me, it was probably like five to six weeks. I was like fully like I didn't really notice it anymore. Um, and it's crazy because even we were down in Texas for what a week, like week and a half, days, and coming back today, we were doing a set of like one fifties, and I was like, wow, just sucking wind. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you know, I was on the wall hyperventilating at one point. I was like, oh my god. Um, but I think I definitely like in the same way, I had a super, super hard transition when I got out here in September. Cause you know, I've, I've spent time here before we lived here for an entire summer. And I guess I just forgot the toll that it takes on you and your body. And even this week, like Colleen was saying, I found myself, I always get like super like exhausted and sleepy. Like the first few weeks that I'm out here and I've just been like taking naps nonstop, trying to, trying to get my system going and readjusted. I took a four hour nap yesterday. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah, absolutely (laughs) knocked out. Um, and I think it, you just forget the, the toll that it takes on your body, but you know, like she said, you get adjusted at one point and even though like you're on the wall, still huffing and puffing and like, you're kind of used to it. It's still there. And it's a good reminder sometimes, but I think that we're really lucky to be able to be up here and, and train at this altitude for sure. Incredibly lucky. Yeah. Uh, I find it funny. I've been in altitude, never trained in altitude, but like, you know, I've gone hiking and I've stayed in altitude and like 
like you said, it's funny the the ways it starts to affect you. Like you get really sleepy, you need more naps. Um, you know, if you're not hydrated, it can like knock you out really quickly. Sure, that's been huge. And then like also like the the air up here, like it, it's so dry and everything, and just dealing with that and um, not feel so great sometimes. Or nose bleeds are a huge thing out here. Like I deal with that a lot. Um, but it's just interesting. There's such a difference and it, and it makes such a huge difference in your body and your training and just trying to, trying to recover and, and take care of that has been a huge learning experience since I've been out here for sure. And, and then as you mentioned, coming down to Texas to compete again, it being your first competition in over a year and it being your, your first time kind of coming down in quite a while from the Springs and from training, um, you know, how are you feeling behind the blocks? I mean, is that a pretty palpable difference? A breath of fresh air. It was <laughs> lovely. I remember we were like, um, a couple of days before the meet started, we were, um, at a training session and Nathan had me going the set of like descending 200s I remember I was in the middle of the third one I was like oh my god I'm going so fast right now like there's so much air like this this is what heaven is like like I found it like this is it right here and I remember thinking to myself I am ready to pop off this weekend like I am ready to race like I would do it right here and right now um so I think just coming off and having that boost of energy and, and confidence and, and coming off of everything that we've done here with such limited oxygen. Um, it's, it was really fun. I, I loved it. Now we're back and struggling a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then do you, again, once you, once you get back, once you readjust, do you have habits that you have to be pretty diligent about during that readjustment period? Um, I definitely have been drinking more water. I'm pretty bad about reminding myself to drink water, but I think maybe a lot of people are, but, um, even we've been back for a couple of days now and I've definitely been drinking more water than usual just to help, you know, keep hydrated and like altitude sickness is a thing. Like I've had it so many times before, even being out here, like training out here. So making sure I'm staying hydrated and just resting myself, keeping myself ready and all that stuff. Yeah, I think obviously the hydration piece and then also like paying attention to my diet, eating things like yeah. trying to eat. <laughs> my mom told me to eat spinach, like increase my red blood cells, like get things going and just anything literally to help us back through this transition. And it, it's not as bad as it was like we were only gone for 10 days, but it's just crazy how much you still feel it when you get back. So I'm looking forward to um, you know, obviously getting through these next few workouts and hopefully starting to feel a little bit better next week is, is my hope for sure. And so then you, you know, you had this first world world series meet and then you, we can, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting there. We are really close. You can start to feel the tension rise. Um, trials are coming up you know, the, the Olympics and Paralympics are, are just on the horizon. So what do the next four to six weeks look like for you two heading into uh, your trials in Minneapolis? I'm ready. I'm, I, we, when we got back, I, I thought to myself, like, I, I am ready to dive back into cranking out sets. I'm ready to start putting in the work again. And personally, um, going into trials, I don't think I'll rest as much as I did for Louisville, to be honest with you. 
So my entire goal these next four to six weeks and then even pass that on to the games, hopefully, is cranking out work, putting in um, really good meters, just putting my head down and going after it. So that's what that's what I'm excited about. That's pretty much the same for me. Um, obviously, we both swim well in Louisville. So uh, for me, I'm just going to keep, you know, riding that momentum that gave like it gave that me gave so much confidence going into trials and going into Tokyo and even going into like these hard practices, you know, um, when you start building up after taper, it's terrible. So (laughs) um, just having that confidence about look how fast I just went, like, let's do more work so I can keep going, you know, keep dropping, keep doing all this um, and just riding that momentum from this meet. It was, it was like that reminder after 14 months that like all the work that we're putting in is paying off. And we, you know, obviously we had the time trial back in December and that was great, but doing it in an actual like meet setting was so reassuring. And I, I mean, I got out after my 400 and I was like, okay, like, let's get back to it. Like I'm, I'm ready. Actually the day after the meet, I went and um, they had some pool time for us to swim for a little bit. And I started cranking out pace, like hundreds pace, like the day after the meet ended just because I'm so eager to get back to it and I know that I can be even better. So I'm, I'm excited for the next few months. And you guys just hit on it a little bit, but I have to ask just mental from a mental and emotional standpoint after 14 months of not, not competing, let alone not having a taper meet, how, how, tell me how it felt to, to just finally get a taper in. That's like, first of all, great (laughs) because we're resting. But um, just being down there and like just getting ready for me, like it just felt like such a weight off our shoulders. I feel like leading up to it, even just like back in like November, December, we were all just kind of like, so what are we? Because like we knew Louisville was going to happen. But, you know, with COVID and stuff, it was never like a for sure. Like, I don't know. There was always something that could could have happened to, you know, have it canceled or postponed or anything like that so just having that meet under our belt now is just such a big relief off our shoulders because we finally got back to the meet and we finally like were able to get back into a routine and stuff and now you know we have you know trials in Tokyo to look forward to and it's just so like such a good back feeling. back in like a rhythm of a season kind of it was almost like I would describe it as, you know, knowing that the games were just postponed and we knew, you know, they're going to happen eventually, just give it time. But I think it was almost a little bit of like living and training in limbo. And yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I love going into training every day. I love putting it all out there. I love cranking out sets, but like at one point it was just, it became a little bit mentally and emotionally taxing of, okay, when are we finally going to step up on the block and, and do this? We've been working so hard for so long and putting it all out there. Like, are we ever actually going to get to do this? Um, and there was a moment when I was in the call room and I just got in the first one, we had like three like call room areas. And I just got in the first one. And I had this moment where I was sitting there. And I was like, Oh my God, like we're so lucky. Like a year ago, like I didn't even know like if this was going to be possible or, or happen. And I like started to get a little emotional. I was like, okay, like reel it back in. Like you got a job to go do. Um, but I think just being grateful for the opportunity again and knowing how, you know, it's, it's been a, a fun couple of months, but how difficult it's been in moments where you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I very relatable <laughs> <laughs> with this past year. Um, but it's great to get your perspectives on it. Um, Mackenzie, Colleen, it's been 
so lovely getting to sit down and chat with you for for the last little bit. Um, and and I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. Any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? I think, I mean, just excited for the next few months and we're really hopeful for what's to come. I think, you know, things are starting to look up hopefully and I'm just excited to, you know, hopefully have the opportunity to go to Tokyo and finally represent our country and do what we've been training for. And especially over the past year, working so hard towards. So I hope everything falls into place. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.